The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today, we're so lucky to have with us Karen Prescott, the founder of Bowtie Girl, the founder of Bowtie Kids, where she helps so many children. And she's an international best-selling author. She's an empowerment speaker, and she's a pleasure to have here. Thank you for coming, Karen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us how you got into all this. You're doing so much on so many fronts. You got your own lifestyle line. You got the bow tie for kids. You got everything going on. How did this all start? What's happening? Well, I, I like to say I'm a serial entrepreneur. Came from a background in corporate world. Um, however, um, through my journey, um, I encountered some, some health challenges. Um, went through so surgery and through that process of healing, Bowtie Kids and the Bowtie Girl was born. What kind of surgeries did you have? What kind of problems were you having? So, um, back in 2003, I believe, I had my first neck surgery. Um, but it took about three years to find out what was going on with me because I was having severe headaches, um, neck pain, shoulder pain. They were letting me tell me it was stress. So I had a, about three different doctors. And um, by the third one, they're like, we know exactly what's wrong. So they sent me to a specialist to did an MRI on my neck, realized I had sort of cervical issues and I needed I needed to I needed surgery eventually. But I went through the whole process of um, having injection, physical therapy, none of those things work worked, actually made it worse. Um, so I had that first neck surgery back in two thousand and three. I took eight weeks, everything was back to normal. The doctors say maybe five to ten years. Um, and right about five years, I needed another surgery for my neck, for my C4 to 7 is currently fused. Um, and that second surgery just did not go as well as I had hoped. It actually took me into a dark path of my life. Um, it took longer to heal. Um, the pain was way worse than when I went in, and it left me unable to use my right leg. Um, and kind of almost, almost like a vegetable. Well, it looks like it hasn't done you much harm in the long term. You're doing good now. <laughs> so you had to adapt a very positive outlook going forward. I had to. In order to heal, I had to. Um, first, I thought, like, my life was over, um, and I had given up. Um, so... Once I realized, listen, I have a purpose on this earth for me, I, I had to take a deeper look inside and fight through that to fulfill that purpose. So you've decided to devote yourself to helping kids with chronic pain. Yes. And then on the serial entrepreneur side, you've decided to come out with a lifestyle brand. Tell us first about your brand. So the Bowtie Girl really is about being courage, being confident, being courageous, and just being yourself, being you. It, it's really an empowerment statement of embodying yourself, expressing yourself, just standing in your own power, 
and being okay with that and, and, and emanating from that where people just can see and feel the energy of who you are and just living through to yourself. Now, do you design the fashion line yourself? I do. So the Bowtie Girl was born because in a meditation process that I had, a, a question came up that if I had one thing to do in this world and I know it would succeed for sure, what would I do? And I wanted to always have a fashion line. And wearing a bow tie, the first time people just started calling me the bow tie girl. So I'm like, hmm, what a great ring and a great name for business. And it allowed me to start the fashion dream, that path that I'm on, by simply being able to make it from home with my hands. So that's kind of how that was born. Um, and it really embodies me, you know, it embodies who I have become from the inside out. The person that stands in confidence, stands in openness, stands in um, growth, stands in supporting people, just being able to give people a safe space to just be, and, and I'm proud of that. And that's, that's process to my journey. Now, tell us the specific tools that you might recommend for somebody in our audience who might be experiencing chronic pain, which affects many, many people. Yes. Uh, well, the first thing I did was a lot of research because I was on a lot of medication. Um, that was just, didn't seem to be helping, but it was helping this massing mass the issue. And my journey really started when I started meditating really going on the inside. And it was a struggle. Um, it was a struggle because, you know, your mind drifts and, people, and you, you hear all these different things. You try to keep your mind silent. Um, so I did a lot of research on that. I started with um, guided meditations. I find different voices didn't really suit me, uh, like male voices, better than female voices, different tones. And I just, I wanted to give up, but I didn't give up because I was like, okay, what else are you doing? Uh, you just get to keep trying until you figure this thing out. And then I nailed it, and I figured out what's, what was working for me. Um, and I just continued to do that. Eventually now I, I went in from meditating for an hour, sometimes two hours, because I love being in that space. Um, now so much time. Um, I have to cut it down some days. Uh, five minutes will work for me. Ten minutes will work for me. I can do that in the middle of the day. I can meditate in the middle of driving. It's just I can center myself. It's just amazing. Well, I think you should have, if you haven't already, because you're a serial entrepreneur, the Bowtie Girl app for meditation and mindfulness. There you go. I love that. <laughs> I'll try it. <laughs> I love that idea. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I've just started using a couple of different apps mm. for mindfulness, which I find very helpful. And uh, um, it's the convenience of having it right there on your phone. And you can do it for five minutes. You can do it for 10 minutes. And, and it's a good space to be in. And I've just started it. And uh, I got to say, I, I really feel the difference the days I don't do it compared when I do take the five or ten minutes to do it. It is. It makes a huge difference in your life. And it, it's 
for me, it's a big part of my healing. Yes, I changed the way I ate, I juiced, I, do a, I did a lot of things. I started exercising. Um, but meditation just, it helped me sleep better because I was going through insomnia. I couldn't sleep. Um, so changing the routine of going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, my body eventually found the natural flow without having to set an alarm as to how much time my body actually needed. But all that's through from, that's from going on the inside. And then hearing the message. For me, meditation is about listening, right? I, I believe praying is about asking and talking. And meditation is about listening for the message um, and whatever that message is. So you get, get silent in order to hear the message. It's okay if you're thinking. It's not okay. For me, it's not about grabbing onto the thoughts, but just paying attention to them, like watching the movie when they come. And what would be the best way for somebody to start that for one minute, two minutes, five minutes? What would be some of the suggestions you might have? I would suggest a guided meditation um, because you actually have somebody there um, guiding you through the process. And even in a five-minute meditation, your mind could stray when you just start to meditate. It's just so easy for the mind to go back. But um, they say that if you focus on your breathing, it brings you back center and present. Because if you're focusing on your breathing, you can't think about the past or the future. You're only thinking about the now. And the meditation, healings come from just being present in the now. Good advice. You know, it's so interesting. We talk about things that are good for us in so many ways. So a couple of tools we mentioned Diet, like a, just yeah. a good diet, which means not eating a whole bunch of processed stuff. And we can say the Mediterranean diet or this diet or that diet. But a, a healthy diet definitely rewires your brain. And it also, the studies are showing, uh, you'll get less cancer, less heart disease. You'll live longer. Um, same thing with exercise. So it's all the same stuff. And uh, mindfulness and meditation is right there in there with the newest studies that are coming out that show on the active brain scans the actual rewiring of your brain. And it's amazing to me that we as a civilization, we know these things, but we won't do them. <laughs> yes, that is so true. I agree with you. Um, we sometimes are impatient, and I had to remind myself, what else am I doing? I'm impatient about wanting to figure out meditation, but what else am I doing? Sitting down watching TV, that's not doing anything for me. I still can't sleep in the night, and I don't like how I'm feeling. Um, and it's a really reason I actually started meditating to try to help me sleep, but it brought so much more to my life. It brought a sentiness um, because I was angry for a long time. I was angry at God. I was angry at the world. I was angry at myself. Meditation really kind of like helps some to that. Now, in this era where we're having an epidemic of uh, opioid addiction, teen depression and suicide and things, but let's, let's just for a minute talk about the addiction. You had chronic pain yes. and you were given prescriptions and pills. Yes. Did you get addicted at any point? My body absolutely did. Um, I believe... Um, I believe I don't have a, a, um, um, an addictive personality mentally, but eventually I saw where my body was actually addicted to the opioid. Um, I remember maybe about two years ago, a little over two years ago, I started noticing that I had to feed, I was wearing a fentanyl patch, and I started noticing two different types of pain in my body. And I was like, hmm, 
that didn't seem like the original pain. And so I started paying attention to it and realizing that I had to feed. There was a pain that was coming from the opioid that was making my body hurt even more. And when I realized that, and I looked at it closely and I started measuring it, I was like, I got to get up, get off of this thing. And so I started doing a lot of research and realizing I can get off of this thing. And through um, dandelion tea, I mean, stinging nettle, I mean, like beets, um, celery, just juicing those things every day. Um, three times a day, I was drinking the tea, so I was boiling the tea down until it was concentrated. Because remember, there's years of all the stuff that's inside of my body, right? This is just two years ago. I've been taking opioid, oxy, um, fentanyl patch, flexorol, you, you name it, um, gabapentin. I mean, you name it. I just was, wasn't everything. Um, so it was years that I'd built up in my body. And I took myself off of that. And it was tough. It was tough. I wanted to give up at some point. It took about three or four months. And that was not too bad. But because I was just centered on, I, I got off of meat. I got off eating starch. I got off eating um, carbs. I did a lot of research that chickpeas was good, have a lot of protein, lentil peas, red beans. I did all this research of what type of vegetables is better for me to eat. I paid attention to my body. Um, and I just was very mindful with everything I was doing. Um, and it just made such a difference than taking pills. Such a difference. That's amazing. I'm like, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> well, because many times, one reason is many times we don't stop to take a deep breath and think, what am I doing? We're just in a rush. We're doing it, putting food on the table. We're taking care of business. We're doing all our obligations. And one of the side products of uh, mindfulness and meditation is to actually stop and think about, why am I eating this? Do I really want to do that? And what don't I want to do? And uh, so you've really come a long, long way. I have. Tell us about your writing, because you've had some books and doing other things. Tell us about that. So I have, I have some more writing to do, but I was able to just capture a snapshot of what I've been through in the last few years. Um, and why the Bowtie Girl was born and why Bowtie Kids was born. And it's really telling the journey about me. I've been in this space where uh, I was diagnosed with CRIP, um, Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. And it's the nerve damage that's my central nerve. And it's a pain that is, they say, it's the most painful pain. Nerve pain is just painful. Um, and so I wanted to give the readers just a snap view of inside of my journey and letting people know that, you know what, you can overcome. Look where I am today. Depression, um, anxiety, panic attacks, attempted suicide, where I just, I feel like I had no reason to live on this earth and I was just existing. Um, because I went from being independent to being dependent on people um, to bathe me, help feed me, um, pay my bills, and that mental toll alone by itself and then you add the pain with it. Oh, I don't know which one came first, the pain and then that. I don't know. It just took me into a dark path. So I wanted to share that with the readers and give them hope that, guess what? You can overcome this. And also, there's somebody who 
um, is here to listen, you can reach out. Because sometimes some of the hardest things to do is to have a community conversation with somebody that don't understand what you, what you are going through. So the fact that I've been through those journeys um, give me, uh, allow people to have a safe space to just freely open up. How can our audience learn more about you? Okay, so um, I do have a website called it's karenpresco.com. Um, I also have the Bowtie Girl, and Girl is Bubble Day U. But karenpresco.com will tell you a lot about me. And you can also follow me on Facebook. Um, kind, of, kind of an open book. Now tell us more about Bowtie Kids. Uh, my passion. The reason I, I believe I'm on this face, one of the big reasons I believe I'm on this face of this earth. Um, Bowtie Kids is about courage and confidence for kids that are living with chronic pain. But it's not just about the kids. It's about their siblings and the caretaker, the parents as well. Um, because we all know that it takes everyone. Uh, based on my experience, at the time, um, I didn't understand why uh, my partner at the time was having a hard time with what I was going through, and I was one that was in pain. But now I'm outside of it, I understand, like, she also was suffering too. And so it's a big part um, to have the caretakers and the sibling involved in this. Um, it's based on the five empowerment principles. So it's self Self-discovery, it's self-awareness, it's self-worth, self-expression, and social engagement and advocacy. And those were born because of my personal journey itself, that the things that I struggled with when I was going through what I was going through. I wasn't able to express myself. I knew I was hurting, and all I could say is I'm hurting. I don't know what the pain feels like. I'm just crying, just help me. Um, so I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to articulate how I was feeling to anyone, the doctors, the people around me. I just knew I was just feeling pain. Um, and this confident person now just had no fail, she had no value anymore in this world. And nobody cared. Um, and, and I'm almost kind of taking myself back there. I can start feeling it. When, when I do that, it's, it's my tears kind of, you know, once the surface, uh, clearly there's some healing still to be done. <laughs> um, and really becoming aware of myself um, and discovering. So, and I, I, I did that through planting, right? I was watching some of my plants as I was taking care of them, not taking care of them, depends on what was happening with me in my life. If I'm taking care of them, they were healthy, they were green, they were growing fabulously. When I'm not taking care of myself, I wasn't taking care of my plants, they were drying up because I wasn't watering them, I wasn't talking to them, there wasn't light, I wasn't taking the dead leaves off. And that's what self-discovery and nurturing oneself was about for me. And I'm like, hmm, this is really interesting. So meditation did a lot of things. I was so present with a lot of things in my life. But at five empowerment principles, I was like, wow, we all, can, we all need that, right? We all get to focus on that. And through meditation and yoga, through art, through music, um, through engaging with others, um, I wanted to be alone. I didn't want to be bothered. I didn't want you to ask me anything. I didn't want you to check on me. I want help, but I don't want help. I was frustrated. I was fatigued. Um, I, naturally, I'm an introvert. So that didn't help. I just really wanted to be alone, and that was really detrimental, really, in the end for me, uh, where I wanted to attempt to take my life because it's, it's not healthy. Can you talk about the value psychologically and emotionally of dressing up and having a personal brand? I feel a sense of empowerment 
I feel a sense of ownership. I feel a sense of freedom. Just being able to just be me allows me to feel free and be in the flow. And what happens is people embrace that. When you become who you are from the inside out, People are attracted to that. They're attracted to that confidence, that level of self-expression, that level of you just being able to be you. And they admire that. Um, it's just, I just feel powerful. It's, I don't even know what else to explain it. It's just really very powerful, you know, to be able to just, just be free. And with that comes the self-esteem. Yes. The self-esteem rises, the self-worth rises. I mean, things in life that you want and just thought about just starts to happen with ease, uh, very little resistance. And if you have resistance, it's just part of life. It's, you know, it's not hard. It's just, it's okay. It's just for me to take a different detour. But self-esteem rises from just being yourself and then watching people just accept you for who you are, just embracing you. Tell us the value from your point of view of having a job, going to work, having a career, getting dressed, going out there and working. I've worked all my life and I've worked for corporate America. Um, and one day I decided, you know, I worked so hard and I, you know, risen number one, taking things from the bottom and taking, here, I can do this for myself. Um, and then when I got sick and I was on my butt and I became dependent on other people, it really sucked the life out of me. Um, I had to get in a space with that to even accept that, that that's where I was at a time in my life in order for it to even be easier and be in the flow. But with going through that journey, when I started to be able to walk with a cane and all that stuff, I still got out there and I was in the world, still moving, because I wanted more for myself. But not only that, after attempting to take my life, and God showed me, listen, I got a greater purpose for you. I know that I had to just keep moving one foot at a time. Um, I always wondered, I would go back, I'll come back to that a little bit. I always wonder why people retire, go back into work, right? <laughs> if I if was a multimillionaire today, uh, I always wonder, people have so much money, they're still working. There's a sense of empowerment for that, you know, to keep doing good, to keep moving, to keep learning, to keep your brain functioning as much as you can. Um, that's where a lot of happiness comes from, being around people and being able to share and be able to grow. I mean, I love growing. I love seeing people grow and shift too. Um, so being able to get up and get dressed and, and leave the house and, and work for myself. But when I mean, you work for yourself, you work more, more hours than when you're working for somebody else. <laughs> but it's, it's great. You still have the freedom and the flexibility. It's empowering. It's empowering to be able to do that. But it's also, for me, it's also in part one, I wasn't able to do that, to be able to find 
peace in wherever I was at the time. And in, and accepting that's where I am allowed me to be able to move forward in, every, in other areas of my life. So accepting this is where I am today. I'm not able to walk. I'm having trouble sleeping. Okay, what am I going to try to do about it? Not beating myself up about it, but trying to figure out some way out of it and being okay with that. And knowing that one day, wherever I'm at, physically, emotionally, um, I just get to accept and be in the flow. Because they say there's always going to be pain, but you don't always have to suffer, right? And that's kind of really, for me, I was in pain, but I was also suffering. And then I got to a point where I was in pain, and then I wasn't suffering. So going to work is an empowering feeling. What has Bowtie Kids been up to these days? Finding our first Courage and Confidence Awards um, with a fashion show. I like to add with a fashion show because the fashion show is about um, challenging the, um, societal norms of what models are supposed to be like. So pretty excited about that. Um, we get to like, everybody gets to be free and happy and, and, and embraces courage and confidence. No matter what you look like, what background you look like, what size you look like, whether you're transgender, whether you're black, you're white, whether you're in a wheelchair, we just we just want to challenge all that on, on, on the runway um, in May when we have our Courage and Confidence Award. Where can our audience learn more about that fashion? Um, so go, I would go to bowtiekids.org. Um, we'll keep you updated there and also on Bowtiekids um, Facebook page. Um, yes, so we're very excited because it's going to be a war. It's going to be five awards. Each one is going to be based on the five empowerment principles. One of them, the uh, the community gets to um, be engaged in choosing uh, one of those winners um, for the award. So it's going to be awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it's been a pleasure having you here, Karen Prescott, Bowtie Girls with a U and Bowtie Kids. Thank you so much, and I hope you'll come back again real soon. Thank you. Thank you, Hector, for having me. Thank you. This has been great, um, highlighting Bowtie Girl and Bowtie Kids. And you got it with a U. That's awesome. <laughs> right, have a good one, Karen. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.